abundance is about giving it away. Welcome back to the Never Broke Podcast. Remember, our mission is to increase financial literacy, provide the tools necessary for financial freedom, and enable people to achieve their life goals. We want people to live a life of abundance. We hope to not only equip you with the proper tools, but empower you to live a fulfilling life. Please note, I'm not a financial advisor, just a money enthusiast, sharing my experience, thoughts, and ideas. This is your host, Esther. Welcome back. We're back. Okay. Um, I know it's been such a long time since the episode dropped, but what life happens and I've been on a 21 day fast from everything. And after that, I took another break and, you know, like I said, life, life happens, but I believe in being intentional in everything that I do today. We have a special guest speaker, Dylan Onglade, the founder of DA Speaks, which is a company that focuses on storytelling through conversations, development, graphic design, and so much more. I'm going to let Dylan talk about himself and introduce his business, and we're going to then delve into today's topic of abundance. Thank you for having, thank you for having me, Esther. Thank you, a great host. I might have, I might have to pay you to do an introduction like that for me soon enough. You know, we get in there. Um, Appreciate you having me. Um, we're gonna go with Dylan A. Everybody don't need to meet me at full, full government, unless you're booking a consultation. Appreciate you though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I founded uh, DA Speaks, which is a storytelling venture. Uh, the whole premise of my idea, business slash venture is to inspire people to continue growing in themselves and continue sharing their personal story. Um, I always say that whether you want to be a nine to fiver or an entrepreneur, that there's a way to get there, right? So I kind of just inspire that through conversation. We've been doing the DA Speak series, um, been doing a lot of professional development with people through consultations um, and growing as a you know, graphic designer, um, bringing my experiences from various uh, nonprofit, for-profit um, and tech companies. So, you know, it's been a great, it's been a great venture for me thus far. I've been helping a lot of families, um, a lot of, uh, children academically as well because I do tutor as well and it's really just been a great journey for myself to continue growing in conversations learning about people hearing these experiences and you know you know me Esther I'm I'm where Dylan love the kids and Dylan's where the money resides so we just kind of continue with, we're just continuing to grow um, and you like and you like to talk like you talked about it's about abundance so I'm definitely looking forward to this journey all 2021 and beyond. Did y'all hear that? He said, where the money reside, where the money reside, where the money reside. First of all, thank you so much. Like, that's amazing. Did y'all hear that? He tutors. He helps people with their career path um, and just motivating them in general. Like anyone who knows and has been living and knows that life is unexpected. If you made it through 2021, that's a testimony in itself. But you can understand that there are ups, downs, curves that are unexpected. Like life life happens is the best phrase to really explain the summation of the different things that could happen to someone, whether it's a short period or a long period or something unexpected or expected, like it's life. Like that's what it is. So speaking about life, money is a big part of it. Like one, this is called never broke. Cause we are striving not to be broke boys and girls out here. It's not cute. It's not okay. And I heard someone say you have to choose your heart. Being broke is hard and being wealthy is hard. I'd rather be wealthy, okay? Oh, wait, hold up. That's 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 a word. We said choose your heart. 
that's that's true. Choose your heart. So I've and we're not talking. About, we're not talking about like that's those fake options y'all like in those restaurants <laughs> either. Like I, I know some people kind of like to go with like the well, well done. That's, I don't think that's where we going either. Not at all. Not at all. So I've talked about my money story about how I didn't really grow up talking about money. I kind of did see my mom struggle a little bit, but not that much. Um, I would say I was raised by a single mom, um, but that's like a whole mu- lot of complicated. We're not in therapy, so we're not going into that. Um, but the thing about money and me is that the relationship hasn't always been I wouldn't say the healthiest, but I used to be the person who took money and stashed it or like took money and was like, I was holding on to money for their life. So Dylan, what is your money story? Um, what is your relationship with money? Would you define it as healthy, unhealthy, or like in the middle, like constantly a balancing act? How would I describe my money story? Ooh, <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, I don't want to go, I don't want to go with uh, a just a contrarian word or a uh i'll go i'll go with unique i don't think i don't think unique is like the best thing to say i I know it's cliche but i think unique is my perspective um growing up i would always kind of just see that it was an importance for my family um i too kind of have the same type of background in terms of being raised um as a child but you know, like you said, we're going to continue to move past that because I know I had to sure as hell have to move past that. Um, it was definitely it was definitely a, a challenge to understand the value of money, the different areas of money. Like I used to see my mother open up her purse and have, you know, five, ten different cars. I'm like, well, you told me you have one bank account. What the hell is all the rest of these? Right. So I'm just seeing a bunch of cars. I see a nice blue one with a circle on it. Right. I see. um another one with like some green and green and red i'm like where 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 is this coming from who like so it was always just a matter of understanding but as a child as a child you know you got you said i used to get chores used to get an allowance um i used to kind of just save because i said there was nothing really i needed to do um you know i i i worked hard for certain things in life so i'd always get um also i'm a guy so i'm very simple right I may want a pair of sneakers from my favorite basketball player. I wanted the Game Boy. I wanted the Nintendo DS, right? Um, you know, I wanted these, I wanted the PS, the PlayStation, right? I think it was three and then the four eventually came. So these are all just different things I was working towards, but, you know, my parents would buy for me, right? But I would see, I kind of noticed how they would buy it. Um, one time I now knowing that they paid for it on a credit card or, you know, paid for it like via cash. So, it was these like these were that was my experience. I'm um, growing, getting an allowance, going to high school, um, budgeting, right? Having to learn how to budget because you getting you know, lunch money, right? Because um, lunch wasn't because lunch wasn't free. Um, also understanding that hey, sometimes I wanted to go out, so I'd have to save, right? Have to plan it out. Um, so plan those steps even in high school when you go to the movies, we go to the mall, we going shopping, like what whatever it is, like you hanging out with friends. So. Money was definitely important. I would definitely say once I got to college, that's when I really started to understand, okay, yeah, this is literally a make or break thing for you in life. It is it does not matter. Sometimes it's not fair, it's not personal. It just is what it is. First of all, I love how you said money isn't personal. But first, I never got an allowance. I used to be the person for Christmas or any holiday where like relatives gave me money and that was like my stash of money that I would have 
And I was always the person asking, like, if I'm going out, can I have some money? Because I don't have any. Um, so you sound way more responsible as a young adult than I was. I was a mooch. I'm still a mooch and I'm okay with that. <laughs> so you you mentioned credit cards. So did you Oh, I'm cheap now. Don't get it twisted. I would be cheap <laughs> if necessary. <laughs> like, let's get it twisted. Like, uh-uh. I'm not paying for that. Um, would you say that, okay, you mentioned credit cards and I don't think I really understood credit cards or I, I didn't even realize that I was affected by the 2008 housing crash until like later in life. And I was like, oh, like we were, we were also affected. Like I was like, oh, that's their problem. That's their problem. Um, so would you say credit or credit cards, um, and spending or investing is something that you talked about as a family, um, in depth, not just like, oh, I pay bills around here. Don't keep the light on like in depth of like how much life costs in general. Unequivocally, no. I can say that right now. The answer is no. And I wish I had understood it better. Um, I wish that there were times where I didn't feel bad as a child asking for things because I kind of just seemed like, well, maybe this is a stress because, you know, my mom is working so hard, but there's still so much and there's so many of like my siblings and I. So as a younger child, I kind of just like, I don't know, maybe me and my mom would just kind of like link spiritually. I got like a Scorpio. I kind of recognize different. Uh, and yes, I kind of I do lean into certain ho- ho- um, horoscopes and things of that nature. But I kind of just list, leaned into like understanding my mother, um, understanding my family and just respecting or understanding the different areas we're growing in. So uh, although we didn't talk directly about financial literacy or understanding why this is important to pay things on time or planning things out or having um, auto pay, whatever that looked like 10 years ago. Um, You know, like it didn't happen, but I did notice that like, I I did notice for myself that I would continue to, I would continue transfer myself. Like as a child, I thought $200 was a lot of money. Right. And um, I was able to build up $200 um, in a six month time span because, you know, like I said, through chores, um, doing having great grades on tests or whatnot, um, you know, randomly getting gifts, and I would just you know con- constantly save for stuff. So I would see these things, but I never really invested like my own research as a as a teenager, um, as a young adult trying to figure that out. It wasn't until um, some of my best college experiences where, ironically, I actually understood or got a credit card or grew um, even my credit in that so um it, w- it was something I definitely wish we had discussed more um but I always say that the best experience is, is I mean the best thing in life is experience so you know we're here now and I'm grateful for being able to understand it as an adult now that's a that's such a positive attitude that's such I feel like best teacher in life is experience right but would you rather go through it yourself or just have someone be like, hey, this is what you don't need to do? You know what I'm saying? That's, like- part, that, that's <laughs> part of the reason I'm in the, the career and um, the path I'm in right now is just to kind of help people understand that, no, 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 these hard lessons and experiences don't have to happen this way for you. Um, these are things that you could probably learn later in life when you're more prepared and have a better plan, have more, like you said, experience and you know, going through these tropes, but in a more positive light. Um, so I definitely wish I had this um, type of mindset, this type of understanding. I wish that, you know, I think they talk, um, I hear a lot of talk online about, 
you know, with LLC Twitter, because LLC Twitter is very big, apparently. Uh, we hear a lot of talk about um, putting your child, children on your credit cards, so their credit is um, A1 when they're 18 and whatnot, right? I, mm-hmm. These are things I wish I understood. I'm like, wait a minute. Why the hell this ain't happen with me? You know, like I, right. I really as a child, I'm like growing as an adult. I'm listening to these things. I'm like, huh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So these are just kind of like less um, notes I'm taking. I um, always say take note and just continue to grow um, my understanding because we're always still growing. Like you said, like we're not experts. We're just people who are continuing to, uh, you know, share our experiences as we develop. So, you know, I definitely wish more people can, I would definitely wish more people had that institutional knowledge. You see that? Look at that. He said, I didn't have it, but I'm not going to reframe it from anybody else. That's that's growth in itself because people learn it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be stingy with it. But um, that's why we have this podcast. That's why we like to talk about money in all circumstances because people, I don't know, money is so taboo or cliche. And I don't know why, because everyone talks about this grind on making money please teach me how to keep the money I'm making. Like, I'm not trying to spend my whole life working and looking at people. I tell my brother all the time, I hate working. Like, I'm the definition of a lazy, productive person. Like, I'm not working because I enjoy it. I'm working so I can stop completely. I don't want to do it. So that's amazing. See, see, I, and, and that's the thing, um, not, not to interrupt you, but that, that's the thing about money. It was so taboo because there are so many taboo things that happened in the past that, you know, people don't want to address. Um, as somebody who, like, I, I talk about mental health, I talk about, um, like I said, consultations and just you growing and developing as a person. A part of that is, um, as I, the phrase, healing from your trauma or addressing these issues from the past. Money has created trauma, right? I'd say it's not personal, right? It's not intended to be personal because this is the year of intention. 2021 is the year of intention. So let me be intentional with my words. Money is not personal. Um, but it can create a lot of personal problems, right? So ooh, that's so. Can y'all just let's let's stop right there? Money is not personal, but it can create a lot of personal. That's a word. I feel like that's the episode little headliner. That's a. I'm gonna let you continue. Sorry, we just have to take a moment to really, really analyze that because it does like a lot of people's problems, whether marriage, blah blah, is related to money but it's like money in itself is just a tool money is just what we use to create the lifestyle we want to create but I'm gonna give it back to you that was just such a that touched my spirit a little bit go ahead go ahead we're going to church today no I mean it's it's just it's just honesty for me um I see I see money and it's like okay we have to you know pay bills it's not anything like I always say it just is what it is we all have different um institutions that we have to answer to until we get to the point, like you said, where we're financially free and no longer have to answer these institutions. Um, growing up, I learned and, you know, I think our parents or these other generations kind of learned about uh, borrowing, right, or what credit was back then, lending, these these terms that we hear. Um, and sometimes it wasn't always money. Sometimes, like, we would do favors. Sometimes, you know, your neighbor who did your hair, you know, you would... Um, or you would help them with the service that help that need they needed, right? And like, right, because it wasn't direct money, but you were helping them with with their um a resource that they needed that was gonna help them get money later on, right? Um, and these things have evolved over time, but um, there's definitely there were traumatic experiences um in the, in those situations in the past, and so I think part of money, the reason why they don't speak about money, is because 
you know, they have these different traumas from the past, good um, or well-intentioned or maybe not well-intentioned, and they're still healing from it. So I look at that aspect of, of it when I think about the lessons I didn't get growing up as a child. Um, that's why I always tell people, like, it's okay to heal from your trauma. Like, you deserve clarity. You deserve to, you know, have a free mind to, and picture of, like, what you want to do and how you're going to accomplish it. You know, we think have these goals, a lot of people have these goals of, you know, either fancy apartment, condo, house, or, you know, nice car, um, you know, having a child, having children, a marriage, or just these different uh, areas, or maybe you want to travel, but guess what? That all has a cost. <laughs> so, you know, my goal is always just to kind of remind people of that as we continue to come up. You know, this the lending system has turned into, you know, credit card, had turned into like the credit card system now. Um, and it's important for people to understand how to go about them, how to navigate it. No one ever said that, you know, borrowing and, you know, credit cards, no one ever said that had to be evil. No one ever said that it had to um, be a disservice to you. But the, like, once again, it comes back to the institutional knowledge of how can I have it benefit me? Wow. Wow. That's such amazing. Like no one said it had to be bad, but I think when it comes to, so as somebody, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to fire myself, but I think when it comes to lending and credit products and just credit cards and home mortgages, like black people specifically have been burned by the system. So it's like, when you talk about that trauma, I think that's part of a collective healing of understanding, um, what best works for that individual work, what works best for that community. And I think education is such a big part of it because one of the things that's very, like, I'm always talking about money. Anytime someone gives me the opportunity to talk about money, um, I do talk about it. Uh, but one of the crazy, crazy thing about credit cards is people have them. Credit cards are probably one of the easiest products to get. A lot of people have them, but not a lot of people know how they work. They just are like, oh, I have access to this money. But if you think about the APR or like the, let me, let me use layman terms, the cost of using your credit card. I want you to go look at your credit card bill and it'll tell you like that, look for APR and it'll be like 19 point, 19% or 24%, which means for every $100 you use, right, it costs you $24 when you don't pay it back. That's why when they say, like, pay the minimum payment, first of all, I don't believe in that, but um, pay a little bit above. Uh, when they say pay the minimum payment, if you leave that balance and the interest is accrued, uh, so you have, uh, it costs $24 to borrow $100 within the year and you divide it by 12. I don't want to, like, I'm throwing a lot of math at you, so I don't want to confuse you, versus, like, People are going crazy right now because the mortgage rates are low, right? They're three to 5%. So I want you to compare three to 5% to 19% or look at your student loans and look at how much it costs you to actually get your education. So maybe it's like 10%, but these numbers aren't taught. It's like, okay, I have access to this money and they tell me to pay the minimum balance. Great. Now this amount is accruing interest, right? Which is how the bank is making their money. They're like, they're not giving you money just to give you money. They're giving you money so they can make money which is a whole system in itself but this isn't common conversation like if somebody was to be like do you really need to spend that hundred dollars if you're going to keep it for six months and you are really going to pay about two hundred dollars for the hundred dollars you might be like mm, yeah maybe i don't need to pay for it or if it's something that adds more value to it in the long term um or if it's a position where you could pay it right off because it is a tool that helps you build your credit score, it's a great opportunity to utilize it 
and really understand um, what it means to have credit, right? If you want to have a mortgage, like having the ability to be like, okay, I can pay my credit card is just a great sample way of like, okay, this is this is a good opportunity for me to practice this muscle. I think with finances, it's a muscle and it's like, you might slip. I have bad days. I have days where I go buy things I don't need. Um, but it's also like, it's a journey of discovering what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So Dylan, that was amazing. Like I was even going to pivot to another section, but I'm like, we have a limited amount of time. Oh, listen, you, you, you put a, you put a time, you put, um, you definitely put a uh, pause on myself because I definitely want to kind of dive a little bit into what you talked about, like in our community. Um, and we, we, like I said, it does not have to be bad, but there are times where we get access to money or we're having access to things for the first time. And we don't have the, we don't have the, um, financial maturity, um, not the literacy, but the maturity to handle that. Right. And understand that, okay, this does not mean I have this amount of money, but this means that I can use this in the case of, of emergencies, I could use this for these certain situations. But I think we use them sometimes as if like this is our current or permanent lifestyle. And then we get into, we get trapped into these marriages with these financial institution, institutions for, um, you know, months, if not a years at the time. Um, you know, that's, that's happened to a lot of people. I could say that's, that happened to me one time. Not thankfully, it was like my first credit card experience. Um, and that was even like a situation in of itself, right? Like I was given, I was given what I, I would consider a five-star treatment as a, uh, a junior, actually, no, a senior going and going to a senior in college. Um, so as you know, I was the man with many hats. Um, I think when you met me your freshman year, uh, I was a, you know, Rise Network mentor, right? So I'm holding a lot of student, student leadership positions on campus. Um, but I'm also interning at various companies, including Amazon, including, um, Amazon. and I flew um, to the headquarters, I believe, in Seattle, right? So um, go to Seattle, get flown, I get flown out by, um, by Amazon. Um, I'm chilling out there. I'm learning more about the company and I'm advertising um, back, you know, going into senior year. Um, and then while I'm out there, I get I purchase I get a I get a store credit card because hey why not I'm going doing a little bit of shopping while I have some time before I fly back home, and then that was just kind of like the beginning of it. Ironically, that's actually I have that card to this day, so that was actually a good shout out to um that store. I'm not gonna give away too many secrets, but you know definitely definitely have been building my credit with them over the course of time, um getting bonuses or whatnot. But that was my first. Experience. Experience where I said, okay, well, I'm gonna just put whatever on this card. I'm good. And then after being a broke college student, because we all have that trope, right? Being the BCS, the broke college student, um, I was like, oh, this is hard. <laughs> so then um, I had to continue to grow and say, okay, well, I'm gonna continually put pay this off, right? So that was like, and I'll just be transparent. That was like a what five hundred dollars because it was like clothes and. And I found out that certain credit cards, even with store credit cards, you could use them anywhere, which is very dangerous which is very dangerous in the wrong hands, right? So, you know, what you might use for clothing, you might also purchase a lot of food sometimes because you just, you got it like that in the moment. Um, so in saying that, you know, pay, I paid it off. I think it was like 500. So I just did like a hundred a month, right? So that was way above the minimum, but the minimum would have kept me in there for like a year versus the 500 a month where I was literally done after five months. And even with like an interest rate, I don't think the interest rate was that high because it was the first year, right? There was no interest rate after the, during the first year, thankfully, right? 
So that was legit just a five months. We're good. And then, you know, you kind of grow at, after that. So um, I definitely just want to highlight that point. Like, sometimes it takes a lot of maturity as a human being and then, you know, a lot of financial literacy for you to just say, okay, I can handle having this much amount of space, quote unquote, to use. First of all, you just you just educated me. I've never thought about the idea of financial maturity. It's like you wouldn't give a child a thousand dollars and take them to the candy store. You might give them like twenty dollars. But it's like I never thought about just maturing and how you deal with their finances. So I really I'm like that's a mental note. And I want to like delve into that because it's like what you did in college and what you did for survival mode in college isn't necessarily what you'll do as an adult and learning that, you know, the light bill costs X, Y, Z or the water bill costs that much. Um, And then when you delved into credit cards and just first of all, I'm a strong believer that you should not open, and this is this is not like a a strong believer. You shouldn't open multiple store credit cards. Like I know someone personally who has like Best Buy, JP. Well, when JP Penny was a thing, like if you have a, a credit card for each store you shop at, I personally don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. But we can talk about that a whole nother time, and somebody can come fight me because I. I don't think that's the best thing. I think two to three credit cards is enough, if that. Um, and because when you look at your credit score, if or if you look at your credit score, they look at length of time and then how many credit products you have in circulation. So I don't think you should necessarily have like 20 cards for each store and be swiping them. Because then one, that's a lot of t- that's a lot to track. And then two, that's how you get trapped in the whole system of like, which another thing you said was marriage into these institution. Like what? I love that. Like now you in bed with someone you can't really get rid of because they're knocking at your door and they will collect the money. I, I love that. I, and they have, and they have rights. <laughs> they literally have rights. <laughs> it's like, I know your information. I'm coming to get my money. Wow. And we're Wait. calling the police and we're coming to get you. <laughs> You probably won't get arrested, but the thing is, it would affect your credit score and your ability to buy other. But, that, but, that, but that's what I mean. Like when they say the police, when I say they, they, when you hear that, whoop, whoop, like you know, like okay, well, that's gonna be a credit score in this case, right? It may not be you, but it's gonna be a credit score. And if it's your credit score, that might be your ability to, you know, purchase that first real thing you want, or that might be the difference in you. Your, uh, I believe your car note being what, around three to 400 as opposed to like the seven, 800 I know certain people are paying right now, right? Not including insurance, right? So that's that, it, it just, at least it's a snowball effect. It's the domino effect, right? Um, and it really is important for people to get a hold of it now. It's never too late. I always say that it's never too late. You could be even in your 30s right now and have ter- and terrible credit. Um, you know, be be at peace with yourself, right? Be at peace with yourself. Stop caring about judgment, and then go do the work to get that done, right? Whether it's a find, whether it's a you know the credit help people, all the various institutions that they have. The legitimate people, by the way, you hear a lot of um people who say they they can fix your credit and do these things, but they don't really they can't really tell you anything institutionally that will help or change your perspective, right? So you know, doing your research is important on that. Um, but it's never, it's really never too late. Um, you know, there are 30 year olds, there are people who uh, are professional athletes, right, who just now getting their driver's license at the age of 30, 35, as an example, right, 
Um, there are people who get in their first internships in media at 30 or 28, right? Even though you graduate from college, supposedly around 21, 22, like these things happen. So financial literacy is no different than anything else. There's no reason um, for people to feel embarrassed because you know other people are doing things or they have friends or other people are a little bit more advanced. Um, it's really about healing, right? This is, it all comes back down to healing first and foremost, right? If you're not healed, or if you're not actively trying to heal um, with intention, then it's it's all gonna fall to shit, quite frankly. This like, man, like, uh, go ahead, go ahead. This man is trying to take my podcast. Like, go ahead, take it. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no, I'm just trying to add to the, you know, just trying to go with the flow. Never broke, as you say. Healing. Wow. I think that should be a whole series. Healing from your financial wounds and boundaries. I think that's like, this is off topic, unrelated, but I do want to go back to school and study, study behavioral finance because I think, I think money is money in itself is a tool, but people's relationship with money really is a determinant factor in a lot of things. But it's like Dylan said, it's never too late. Um, and I, I think what the strong emphasis in what you said is that it's your own journey. I think that's with your career. That's what your financial journey. That's what anything in life. It's your own. And if you put yourself in a state of comparison, you're always going to either lose or think you're winning. But if you look at yourself and ask yourself, really truly believe it's like, did I make better decisions today than I did yesterday or last week or a year from now? That's a growth in itself. And that's something that'll help you. Like these, these things that I, that we talk about, that we say, it's like, yeah, I could say it and it'll, it might not resonate with you right now because you're not in the mature space to deliver or receive um, or digest the information. But like maybe six months from now, you're like, oh, that's what they were saying about credit card. Oh, that's what they were saying about being aware. And it's something that really affects your life and not necessarily the people. Well, it actually affects the people around you, but it affects your life more than anybody else and the reason okay we're gonna tie it back the reason this is important is when we talk about abundance I think recently when I I I drafted up the intro and I say this every podcast as a reminder to me but when I think of abundance someone might think of a lot of cars or a nice condo and x y x y but I said in the beginning of this podcast that abundance is about giving it away. And when we think about the phrase cup runneth over, it's like, I have so much that I don't even, the excess, I don't care about it. So when, so with that in mind, I want to ask you, what does wealth mean to you? And specifically, how would you define abundance, um, whether for yourself or just in general? Um, I always say wealth is tied to uh, your spirit. So first and foremost, if you're not, um, you know, happy, then it doesn't really matter how much money you have, you know. So um, I always say that being wealthy in spirit is the first thing that you need to have. Um, because quite frankly, if you're not happy, then things are just going to keep going for you. But, you know, it does not, and it do, usually does not end well for people, at least in my experience, from what I've seen. So I try to tell people that, you know, wealth is um, having financial literacy. Wealth is um, being able to breathe um, and not really have to worry about certain issues. Wealth is not having to, you know, decline those phone calls that you know you're going to have to pick up eventually, right? Because you got to pay bills. Wealth is you 
um, sleeping and not have to worry about deadlines or dates that, you know, you know, you have to pay things because you already pay it. You you have it paid off or you have a payment plan already set up. Like, I, I really just feel it was a wealth. I look at wealth as um, having a ment being in a very clear um, mental state of mind and um, being able to allow that to flow. Um, you use the phrase, um, you know, cup runneth over, but uh, I always use, I always tell people the opposite of that, the other phrase, which is, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So, you know, if your cup, so if you're not taking care of your responsibilities, um, then there will be no wealth for you. So that that's really how I look at it. And then your second question, uh, can you say it again? The second question is, how would you define abundance for you? But I feel like you answer that. I don't know if you want to dig deeper into your response, but. Okay, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that's where um, abundance, yeah, that definitely ties into uh, abundance. Um, I'll talk about my own journey just, just a little bit. Um, you know, I was in a situation where I hated uh, the job I was working at. Then I like the, some of the people who I was working with, I felt as though they they it was more personal than it was ever professional there and you know in my line of work because I help because I'm literally helping people like we're providing resources directly to people um it bothered me right that we can't just clock in do what we got to do save the personal at the door and whatnot and you know that happens right so in, in the spirit of healing and all that I have to just accept the fact that not everybody's going to be able to flow like that it takes time right it's a process everybody matures at different um, ages and stages so um you know dealing with that but I also have to just remember like you know I'm blessed to have a job you know I'm versus people I know who are on employment or just not or down were down on their luck right so you know transition to that we had uh COVID which kind of ironically slowed the world down and allowed me to catch up, up in certain areas and um regrow um I always tell I always tell people that personally I love the pandemic not the results of it, but just what it allowed us to do um, in life, to do in life. So I was able to then transition from being a furloughed, actually no, furloughed, then laid off, the decisions move quick, right? So then ending work on July, on June 30th of last year, then July 1st being called with another position because with the God, right? And so I look at that, I move, uh, I move out and I go get my uh, place for the I move out and get my place for my family. Um, and I'm continuing, and I'm just continuing to grow, was able to launch my business. That to me, that's what abundance looks like in my life, right? Being able to have these different areas of my life flow into um, into these different growth areas, what is business, what is my current career, or what is these other ventures that I'm uh, currently pursuing, you know, hashtag book me. So I definitely say that, abundance is your spirit and definitely how you and definitely how you feel and how you can make an impact Woo! Can we, that's a testimony of that oh my gosh that's so beautiful first of all the fact that you're able to pivot so quickly that's not very common especially for what people said but I'm also with you where I'm like this um pandemic I don't love the results but for me it is definitely some uh, it was definitely a great opportunity to re reflect um and like you said get ahead in some areas of my life so for me it's been definitely beneficial I know everyone hasn't been that blessed um rest in peace to those who lost people um 
most people who died. So I'm definitely on the same wave and frequency as you. Like this was something that for me was needed, um, especially as someone who's always moving and going. It was just a, a clear sit your butt down, like sit. Um, and I appreciate it a lot. So congratulations on your new job. Congratulations on being able to provide for your family. Um, and I, I oh well, I, actually the, uh, the the abundance actually that that that's not necessarily what the abundance is. Um, can we can we share some breaking news? Oh, share share the news. Share the news. So in in light of um, you know recent circumstances, I definitely have I talked about you know getting a new position. But I uh, stayed at the company I was at because, you know, life happens and, you know, a job, a salary job is better than no job at all. Right. So, you know, we did that, but there was still some of the same uh, tropes that I would say happened. So, you know, I'm proud to announce that the next pick of the 2021 hiring draft, Dylan Angley, has been selected by and we'll let you guys hear about that on the next ton on another podcast. <laughs> just plugged in i don't i don't like cliffhangers but he just plugged in his podcast his thing we're gonna leave all the information below at the end of the podcast and i'm gonna let him um but, uh, give contact information. But i'm just but i'm just i'm so grateful uh Esther. you have no idea so this is this is an example of abundance the day three years to the day that um i was working for my company i was given an offer letter for a new for my new company to do better work of what i'm doing right now so um, I can't really spoil where I'm going to be working at it yet because it's just a really great design. And uh, we have this great vision of what we want to do for uh, the people that we're going to help. So don't want to give it all away, but just know Dylan Anglade is, um, sorry, Dylan A is staying in New York. He's staying, going to be helping the people out and, um, you know, look forward to that. Literally another cliffhanger. We're not mad. What we're going to do is go to his information when he um, decides to drop that we literally are flowing with when I say the sheer amount of blessings and testimony I just get on my phone it's really crazy um a lot of people are very much thriving so if you're losing hope please don't um it's it's out there opportunities are out there uh so that that like I feel like there's so much more I wanted to delve in but I feel like we're like about to have like a three-hour podcast at this point so I'm gonna tie it up with one question um and then we're gonna like leave all the information all the plug-in like you see how he shamelessly plugged himself in didn't tell us what was going to happen but it's cool he is living in abundance and that is amazing in itself so the last question is and we talked we we like danced around it throughout this podcast but the last uh Hold on. Well, Esther, in all fairness, you you can't you you can't act as if like you have been completely honest. Like you got up and moved out of New York at one point in time and you ain't tell a soul. She just kind of like got up and left everyone. So let's let's be honest. Okay, he won't put my business out there. All right. So anyone, okay, I left New York very strategically. Everyone who talks to me knows that I love New York more than people who live in New York right now. Um, but I think with life you have to. I don't want to say play the game. You have to know what works best for you. And if you've lived Absolutely. in New York, New York is expensive. And I refuse in my for myself to be broke in New York. So I did move out of New York to save up and build up to eventually move back. Um, so when I am back, you guys will know. I'm, I will be the loudest person on the block. My neighbors will hate me for a week and that will be fine. Um, so yeah, and I that is, and that And that is what we call, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, financial literacy. <laughs> 
<laughs> know yourself, know yourself and know what you want. I, um, I read this this morning, a no today is like a yes. No, it's being able to say no today can be able to say no. What is this? I'm messing up. Being able to say no today, um, can position you to say yes tomorrow, which is the same thing about an, um, investment. It's, a, it's the idea of delayed gratification. So I'm okay yes. with not being where I want to be today. If it means that, in about three, five years, I'm just giggling and kiki and sipping tea, minding my business. So that's a, another takeaway. But he's right. I did pick up and leave from New York uh, without telling anybody. And sometimes you just have to know how to move in silence. And that's what I did. So the last question, why you trying to put me on blast, <laughs> is what, um, what do you think should be the financial foundation everyone should have, regardless of their age, job experience, or um, experiences in life? Ooh, the financial foundation. See, I, I like I like this one. This is exactly this is a, this is the type of note we got to give people. Uh, I would definitely say, like you kind of talked about, he teased it, but delayed gratification. I definitely think everyone should have a list of goals of things that they want and plan out when they're going to get it and just the little steps that they should take um, week by week, month by month, or even day by day, right? So my financial foundation is uh, definitely my planner and just listing the ideas or the things that or resources that I know are going to benefit me and just putting down the dollars, right? Once you Once you write it down, um, you know, if it don't make dollars, it don't make, it don't make sense. Right. So just write it down and continue to pursue, pursue it. That, that's my financial foundation. That's why I think everyone should have, um, is a planner just to say, these are the things I want. And these are the numbers that are associated with those things. So I think part of having a planner should also, um, be the awareness to do research. So it's like, okay, I want a car. All right, a car, the car I want is $50,000, right? Does it make sense for me to save up and pay for it in cash? Or does it make sense for me to get an auto loan? Or does it make sense for me to um, lease the car? I think I think part of our financial foundation is um, there's a big push about financial literacy and I love it. Um, but being very aware of where you are, what things are, um, what things cost relative to relative to life um I think sometimes we are in the pursuit of something but it doesn't necessarily make sense for us and I think that's um a, a spirit of keeping up with the quote-unquote Joneses or keeping up with the quote-unquote whoever you feel like is the ideal um vision of your life so whether you're trying to live a LeBron lifestyle but you don't make a LeBron salary like maybe maybe find the second best thing, right? Maybe it doesn't have to be a brand new car, but it could be the same car that's been used. No one's going to know. And it doesn't matter. Like no one's going to know. And so. no one has to know either. And no, like, one, no has one has to, to know. So I think part of your foundation should be, of course, financial literacy, of course, having a planner. Um, and I'm also a believer of writing it down because once you write it down, that's the second part of manifestation and making it happen. Um, 
so on that note, I think we've covered so much. We covered the money story. We covered healthy, unhealthy relationship. We touched about credit cards a little bit and then talked about wealth and abundance and what it means to us. Um, Dilla left us with a cliffhanger, which we're gonna we're not gonna stay mad. We don't stay mad. We don't hold grudges on this podcast. We learn, we grow, and we move forward. Um, we want to thank Dylan so much, Dylan A, for coming on this podcast, the Never Broke Podcast. Dylan, please share where people could find you. Um, and please know all the information will be left in the description of this podcast if you don't catch it. Um, but go ahead, shout out your socials. We appreciate we appreciate um being here. Never broke is definitely bigger than a podcast is always a mindset uh you can find me at da speaks llc i'm on instagram uh i currently also i'm on twitter and um also have another i'm also on twitter at that, that guy dill that underscore guy underscore dill um byl so you know holla at me i look forward to checking out everybody or you can um holla at me at uh, da speaks.com um i do consultations like i talked about uh, whether it's tutoring whether it's just you want to grow or you need um content for yourself i always say let's get let's get together and let's share your story so you know look forward to speaking with people soon so if you caught all that or if you didn't catch all that like i said i'll leave it to stay up to date with me and ask questions or have future collaboration follow us on all social media platforms on instagram and facebook that's at we never broke that's we never broke w-e-n-e-v-a-b-r-o-k-e and on twitter never broke pod n-e-v-a-b-r-o-k-e and then please also check out our website www.neverbroke.com we look forward for you to joining us once a week on this platform love you all and peace Thank you.